there, friends. I'm Stephanie Donovan. And I'm Sarah Malloy. And if you're a mom who likes psychology, intuitive development, crystals, spirits... Wait, ghosts? Did you mean ghosts? Uh, yes, sometimes. Come along with me and my bestie as we explore a new topic of self-development, magic, and yes, even the paranormal each week. But don't worry, we're not experts. No, but we are fascinated by this stuff and we'll walk through it right along with you. Bringing you practical woo since 2022, we'll cover everything from momming to the mystical. Because we're multidimensional. And you are too. Welcome to Multidimensional Mom. Susan Allen Medium is an incredibly talented intuitive healer and evidential medium who has helped thousands around the world connect with both their loved ones and pets. She connects and channels on a soul level with both animals and humans and offers soul speak sessions and events through her website, SusanAllenMedium.com. I've been admiring Susan's work for years. I've watched her lives. I've even taken an animal communication class with her and talked to her one-on-one on a live Facebook session where you did tell me that Sadie wanted more food. And of course she did because she's a hound dog. I have seen her work in person and I am here to tell you she is amazing. So we're so honored to have her as a guest on today so she can answer our questions about connecting to the other side. Welcome, Susan Allen. Oh, Stephanie, what an honor to be here. You're wonderful. And I don't remember the time on Facebook, but how sweet is that, that we did connect? I love that. Absolutely. I watch all your work. I think my energy is probably like all haphazard and scattered because I'm so nervous. And I don't get nervous about podcast interviews that often, but I have just admired you for so long. And I was telling my podcast partner, I said, we're not even asking Susan Allen until we have like 50 episodes under our belt because I want to be experienced when I get her on. And you were so lovely to say yes. Of course. I love that. Thank you. That's it's so a privilege to be here. Well, let's start with when you noticed that you could connect to the other side. I I started out really, if you go back to my childhood, evidence was always there, but I guess I lived on the other side a lot of the time. (laughs) I didn't didn't really notice it. Like the time I was, um, I was, my mother had just died. It was six months uh, into her being deceased. And, um, I was in a lot of pain and not knowing I was having an ectopic pregnancy. I went to the hospital and they, they gave me my last rites. But prior to like hours before that, I took a Tylenol and I went back to bed. And my mother was screaming as if she was in the room, get to the emergency room, you know, screaming on top of her lungs. And I don't know, I just, it just seemed normal. I don't, I didn't quite get it, but I went outside and my then boyfriend who became a husband was chipping the ice off our wind, our windshield, which I think, you know, is a Chicago person, you know, in New York. Very familiar. Yeah. The car was, he had an old Chevy and the car was, he was heating the car and he's chipping the ice off and I run out and there's snow everywhere in my robe. And I go, you got to take me to the emergency room. And he said, you better hurry, get in the car. I'm late. So he literally did a drive-by to the emergency room. And this is like a long-winded story, but that's, I think, looking back is when I realized, wow, why did I just continue with trying to hustle and work and pay bills? I I wish I would have understood it back then, you know? Mm -hmm. Looking back, 
But when I really noticed it was probably a thousand animal readings. Like I didn't trust my abilities at all, mm-hmm. but the feedback and the, um, you know, you were right. I took my cat to the vet. He had a urinary tract infection or my vet recommended you. And I'm like, who's your vet? And somebody would mention a vet's name and I go, I don't know that vet. And they'd go, well, she didn't believe in what you did, but somebody came to her with like a problem with their pet and you were spot on. And I had never seen the pet. I had just gotten a picture of the pet. So that's kind of, kind of like for me is it's definitely not ego based. Like you will have these very old mediums that are very famous and they have like this sort of ego about them. Mm -hmm. I don't have that about this work. I'm just going to tell you it probably, it's probably kept me so humble because I really just tried to help people. And yes, I make a living at it. I'm not going to lie. I do charge. The thing is with this work is I can only really do a few a day. I can't do like, I'm not going to pack my schedule with five readings a day. I I can't do it. I won't do it. It's just very important to me, like the, the care and the time that I take to help people. I really want it to be very special. I mean, your heart's in the right place and you are so talented. And I imagine it just takes so much of your energy when you're channeling everything into that and getting everything you do out of it and then conveying it to the client. It's just so much. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Some days, like um, I did two readings yesterday and I I didn't know I'd wake up this morning completely like drained, but I realized like I'm a healer and I'm like taking on other people's stuff. And I try not to, but inevitably in the healing process, you have to take it on and then release it. And sometimes I don't do a great job releasing it, but I don't carry it long. I do take a day off in between and I do kind of regenerate. I do hear a lot of mediums and um, intuitives say that they have to very much turn it on and off. Um, How does information come to you and can you just turn it on or off or do these things and these people and these insights stay with you no I do turn it on and turn it off I'll tell you like it's not like I'm the Long Island medium and I walk in a coffee shop and I start getting hits and I don't even know if that's even possible maybe some mediums I mean if you get close to somebody I do pick up things like in Costco Mm -hmm. um it was like 20 years ago and I bumped up against somebody in Costco and I turned around to see who it was and I knew he had murdered somebody but I had to just suck it up and leave and pray about it because I tried to it was very crowded and I couldn't figure out who it was so I just like what would I be able to do about that anyway you know Right. right but what I have to do is and I get so much out of it is I do a opening meditation before every reading and it's like under two minutes. It's a healing meditation. It's a chakra balance. It's fast. It's easy. It's wonderful. Yesterday I did a reading and I, I completely forgot what chakra I was on because I was having a full blown conversation with this woman's mother already. (laughs) So sometimes that happens. Um, but it's wonderful. It's kind of like what the British call the blending. Like when you blend energies, I do like to do an opening meditation and cause it relaxes the person I'm with mostly. Mm-hmm. 
And that's kind of how I do it. And then I close out and I move on and I'll go get a cup of coffee. I'll go get a drink of water. And then I'm headed to the next person, you know? Sure. I absolutely, oh, I could cry because I love what I do. And I feel so blessed. And I just feel so blessed and so honored with each and every reading that I do. I feel like, wow, how how is this happening? How is this possible? I'm still in awe and like not disbelief, but awe and gratitude that it brings tears to my eyes that finally after 400 professions and God, I hustled my whole life. I hated every job. I'd be in and out of jobs, including real estate. I never loved real estate, but I made a Los Angeles living out of it. Never became like the super rich realtor, but I felt like I just like, I felt like I was just paying the bills. You know, my mother was a bit like stage mom. I was at a young age. I had lost all my baby fat, if you want to call it that. And I became a model right away. And I was like 14 and she wanted me to wear like beautiful clothes. And she had me work in this store so I could put stuff on layaway, get a discount and then take my weekly money and just pay for the clothes on layaway. It was just so much crazy like yeah. just crazy like when my girlfriends were home being able to study for school I'm working in a store in the mall and so I really didn't have like this really happy childhood sure. and I had an interesting adulthood I, I was a dancer and I hung out in New York City and I hung out with celebrities and I got like this flavor in my life that was so wonderful and fun, you know, but as far as settling down and discovering this, I suffered from extreme anxiety most of my life. So it wasn't until I was able to meditate that, and I only was meditating not to discover abilities. I was meditating because I was a nervous wreck. And somebody said, you need to really slow down and become a turtle and do this meditation. And that's kind of what, you know, 18 months later, I started to really be able to connect to the spirit world and not even trying to. It was always the spirit world that was trying to connect with me, which is why I probably suffered so much from fears and panic disorder and anxiety attacks and, you know, that kind of thing. Because I was right. always different. Always, always. I was born this way. Yeah. Did you have any lineage of it at all? I know probably not with your mom, but I did, I did, but it was undiscovered because oh, okay. My grandmother, I was told by my uncle who was educated, he was an engineer and he's deceased now, but he said, you know, grandma had this and his mother, which was yeah. my mother, he said, but she was so terrified of it and so paranoid. She yeah. She would not allow it. And she was born in Italy. Apparently she had abilities. And I I would have never learned about that because she died when I was seven, didn't speak a lick of English. <laughs> my brother told me that she would, my grandmother, the Italian one, would take a bus, like three buses to get to my house to take care of me as an infant. Wow. I have no memory of this. I just have a memory of when I was in front of the TV, her constantly putting on soap operas and me wanting to watch cartoons. So it's the only memory of her other than her pacha. She'd make this amazing pizza and she'd put the dough on my mom's bed in towels. 
is like that's the memory I've had of her. But I wish I I feel like I connect with her in the spirit world now. I was gonna ask, does she talk to you now? My dad, her son, is like my biggest helper. He's always he's always there in the spirit world. And I have this it's so funny. It was kind of crazy the other day. I had a woman helping me organize my pantry because it's like I don't have the time for this. And she came over and she didn't stop talking. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, I need quiet in my house, you know. And I felt my dad right there saying, I really like her, Susie. And I thought, oh, my God, this is totally my dad's tight blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> I looked at her and I, I was like, oh, my God, my dad is so funny. He cracks me up. You're like, that's great, Dad. But can she do her job and maybe be a little more quiet about it? Because <laughs> that's so it's funny. Like, Stephanie, I don't know about you, but since I'm a little girl, I mean, literally a little girl, everybody came to me and told me all their problems without me even knowing people. Uh, I just, and it wasn't fun. No, it's a magnetic personality and your empathy. And I don't know what it is. I just have never been able to figure that out. I think it's because I'm a healer. I think people see the light on, on some level or know that I can help them. I don't know. Well, at least now you're using it for your own good as well. <laughs> you know, at least you want to be doing it than just getting all that energy all the time. Yeah. I wanted to ask about, you said your dad's with you. Do you have other like spirit guides who are guiding you in this work that you feel like you always work with? Or is it things like past family members and things like that? The only guide I feel that I have besides family that's helping me because I have a lot of dis- my sisters in heaven, my dad, my mother, all my grandparents, aunts and uncles, but I mostly connect with my dad. My sister helps me. My dad really is there for, you know, people that have been in war. Oh. Because he, he he was in World War II in England and France and Normandy. And he really helps me connect with the spirit world on that level. He's right there. As far as like a guide, the only guide I feel I have an awareness of is I, I definitely was a healer uh, during when the uh, Spain, uh, Spanish were breaking horses and I was teaching them as a Native American how to break a horse gently. See. So I feel like there was a Native American guide for me. Mm-hmm. Do I connect with her? Um, I think she just helps me. I don't like sit and think about her or see her in my mind's eye. Maybe one day I will. I mostly feel my dad. I see him like in my third eye, like bringing people in with his arm around their shoulder, because there was a reading I had done a year ago that was astonishing. He had put his arm around a man's shoulder in the spirit world. And the man just looked like, for lack of a better word, he looked like he was disoriented, almost like mentally ill. He was looking up at the sky and my dad brought him in and it was a woman's husband that had such advanced Alzheimer's that I was, he was already in the spirit world and I was already able to connect with him. And he was late stage and she was full-time caring for him in their home. And he was just telling me things about her and this, she would make him like this blackberry pie crumble that he loved. And, and, you know, I was able to give her that evidence and she just was so grateful. I I don't think I've ever talked to her again, but my dad helped him in because 
he was in the war as well as a young man. He connected. Yeah. Well, let's shift to animals because you have such a talent with animals and such a heart for Mm -hmm. them. And I do too. Are there common threads in the messages that you get from them? Like, do you find that the dogs are always talking about food or they, if the pet owners just knew this one thing about cats, it would help them out. Like, are there any common threads or are they just all so different? They're all so different. And um, I've gotten this question by a very well-known medium that's a friend of mine. And she's asked me more than once. And it kind of annoys me. Are you sure? Like, I'm getting like in the spirit world, like people will bring in pets. That's what you're getting, right? They bring in the pet for you. And I'm like, no, that's not it. I'm talking to the soul of the pet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If I'm doing a people reading, like if I was reading you um, and your deceased loved one came in and they were bringing you messages, they will hold a pet for you or bring in the pet. But I don't specifically talk to the soul of the pet when I'm doing like a personal soul speak the animal soul speak I'm connected to the soul of the pet because they have a personality I didn't understand this when I first began I did not understand this at all but people have taught me so much I remember I was living in like a beach area of California and I was just coming into my animal gift and I walk with this young woman and I was crazy for her dog. Her dog was wonderful to my dog. And I walk with her and she was a Buddhist from Thailand. She wanted me to read her dog and I did a reading for her. And it was, he told me that he was her dad in a previous life. And I said, I don't really believe that. And she goes, Oh, I do. And I said, what are you saying? Like, the boy, like this is kind of how I learned a lot of this through my people and my pets that I talked to. And she said, no, we believe that we believe in Buddhism, that you will incarnate as a dog at least once in the lifetime of your soul. So that's infinity, the lifetime of your soul. She believed this and Buddhism is the oldest religion. So I was like, I think I could wrap my head around that. Yeah. Why would a dog tell me that? And it's not every single reading the animal will come in and say, yeah, I was her mom in the last life or I was her husband, <laughs> you know, but right. I, I had like this tiny little backyard in Brooklyn. Like I lived at, you know, on 18th Avenue in Brooklyn for three years. I asked my dad to build a cat house for the backyard. It was probably like 25 and he built a cat house. It was after my mom died because she would have never allowed me. I stayed in the same apartment that she and I moved to before she passed away and he put insulation in and I said, you got to put heating in and he didn't know what to do. So he put a drop light in it, which heated the whole cat house. And at night I'd look out my back door and they would be all piled on top of each other. So I have (sighs) 17 strays that before I left Brooklyn, I said, no one's going to take care of them. I can't leave them. It's cold. No one's going to get the house. And so by the grace of God, I, I met this woman um, who was active with PETA organization and she was married to Kevin Neal and the celebrity. Oh, and I adopted a cat from her, a stray cat. So this woman, I told her my situation and she started to give me, she started to give me these PETA free spay and neuters. Like, so I could trap them and she loaned me three traps right so here I am with three traps I still kind of have a medium brain I'm like a 25 year old medium girl and (laughs) 
So I call her apartment and her husband answers, who I never met, who was the Kevin Nealon, the comedian. And Mm -hmm. Five was the hit show in New York. And it was probably, I want to say, I want to say like 1995. And I said to him, I don't know how to do this trap. So you're getting this great story before my book comes out. Yeah. (laughs) And I I just don't know how to do this trap. Um, Is your wife there? He goes, no, she's not there. He goes, where do you live? I said, I'm in Brooklyn. He goes, what street? And I told him and he goes, I could get on the N train and be there and back for my show. And I was like, you can't come to Brooklyn. It's Saturday night. You have to, like, I'm thinking this into my head. I'll figure it out. I can't ask this man. He was willing. He was such an amazing guy. He was willing to go from Manhattan. Yes, it was the West Village. So he would have been to my stop in 30 minutes to set my traps up and teach me how to do it and then go to 30 Rock and get on and do his show. He's so nice. And the yeah. one he was married to in New York is not his wife now. God, she was okay. so gorgeous. But he's not married to her anymore. And then when I needed more PETA certificates, she said, no, what are you doing with them all? And I'm like, I'm literally um, spaying all these cats. Yeah. I just got really lucky with this older lady in Queens. And she said, just leave them in the trap and bring them to me and bring your spay and neuter certificates. I'll get it done. It's like wow. miracles, miracles. Because I was yeah. moving to LA, you know? And I had one miracle after another. And I always felt like my good karma for the life that I had now was based on me rescuing all those cats out of my yard. And not, Maybe. Yeah. not leave them in the cold. Like that was my, honestly, I have just donated thousands of dollars to rescue, but I have never worked for a rescue. Mm-hmm. I've worked on horses. I've massaged them. I've done healing work on horses. I rode them for a long time. Can't ride them anymore. Too scared to fall at this age. Uh, but really, I love horses. I'm surrounded by them. I, I have horse property and every neighbor has horses around me. So they're very healing. And I've worked on neighbor's horses, but I don't have any horses of my own right now. They are so spiritual. When Especially in rescue, it's like you are leading the way for them when they're insecure. And a lot of them in rescue are insecure. So it's like when you're leading them out like to the paddock, if you're scared, they're scared. Like you have to be so in check. That's why I think horse people are so like plain and simple, sensical, like this is this, because you have to be very secure in your energy. Yeah. to deal with something so big that's you following your lead. Really? I think that's what the best thing about having horses was for me. Mm-hmm. When I, when I had a horse and like, I just, when I lost my job, I was like, I'll take any job. This horse is going to never be without. And I just took any job and I just was able to pay for his shoes and his food. And I just, it's a lot. It's my whole world. I mean, honestly, yeah. my, my ex-husband said, I don't think you have any friends left. And I said, what are you <laughs> talking about? I ask everyone to come to the ranch. And I was a social butterfly, but when I was around animals, I felt like I had no needs for mm-hmm. a lot of humans anymore. And I was the girl that everybody invited to parties, invite Susan Allen, she's so fun. But I'm not that girl anymore. It's like I've retreated. I need so much quiet time and so much downtime. I just feel like my work now and my dedication now is to the animal kingdom and helping people. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about rescues too. 
do you find from them that they carry memories of the history that they've had? Because some of them come from some pretty rough times and yeah. rough places. If only I could just give you a, another story because that's sure. how I have my memories. So when I first started, like several, several years ago, my name was going around North Michigan. I don't know how, but like <laughs> all these families that were associated with a North Michigan Humane Society, like probably I had 40 readings from North the North Michigan. There were a lot of hunters there and they would get these dogs and they would take them hunting. And when they were four years old, they'd end up in the shelter. So this one dog, this girl had the dog in her home and she called me for a reading. Didn't know anything. I don't want to know anything. I just want the picture of the dog, the dog's name and who lives in the house with the dog. Mm -hmm. And I, I was so new at this, Stephanie, that I was like horrified at what this dog was showing me, what, how he was abused by this man. How, uh -huh. And I was like, and I said, oh, and she said, why is he so afraid of my husband? And I'm like, because I was just really understanding what was going on with the work I was doing. And it was right. very, and I think my readings were like $75, you know? Yeah. I found out through working with this dog it was so new to her family and that yes, his owner was kicking him and doing all these terrible things. Thank God. I don't remember that reading. Mm -hmm. And he was so new to her and new to her husband. So it was just going to take time. So that was, that was when a dog would show me a horrible memory because he was new. Okay. And there were times that dogs don't want to talk about that, that they're so happy. And I just bring that through, you know, mm -hmm. that I don't really want to talk about that. Like sometimes the facts aren't as important or will move you or heal you as much as the message that comes through. Because mm -hmm. it's all about the healing for me. Do you find animals are just healers naturally? Like we're drawn to certain energies that we can help each other out that way? Yeah, because somebody will always learn from an animal. And, and what I feel is animals don't get a chance to live out why they're in your life when they're brought to a shelter or rescue. It's almost a sadness for the person more than the animal. Like we all look at these animals in shelters and they're abused. or, But it's almost like they can transcend that. But a mm -hmm. person, the lifetime is so much longer and you won't get the message or the healing if you can if you drop an animal off at the shelter because your life has become hard or your your right. landlord is asking you to leave. I mean, I took classes at the shelter to help people keep their pets and I've learned loopholes. Ten years later, the person's like, Oh, I had to give that dog up. And I just was always wondering about it. Yeah, because it didn't get a chance to finish the karma that you and that pet had together. People say like, oh, my dog bit my kid. I was like, all my dogs have bitten my kids. Like I just, <laughs> I take these rehab towns, but there is something about growing together and helping them through things and taking the tough ones and helping them through their challenges. And they're just scared, you know, it's just, there's so much more important work that's being done for your soul. Mm -hmm. That's what I have found. Like they're healers. I mean, you're still looking at it, the aspect of this poor animal. It's going to, I need to keep it. I have to save it. It's so much bigger than that. I mean, not that you're yeah. not amazing and wonderful. And I love you so much for helping. 
but it's so much more. You're not the original owner. I'm talking about the original owner that we put in a yeah. shelter or a rescue. There's something that they're they're going to miss that they need to have. And that's why the animal looks depressed or because that animal came into your life. You all are here during the same time to have a very important healing and a lesson and it's karma. Yes, it's one less thing to take care of when you're going through stress, but I promise you that animal is taking care of you more mm -hmm. than you could even know on an etheric realm, on a spiritual level, on a bigger like level than you could ever imagine. This is what I wanted to do a TV show about, like not that the world would get this because we have like a lot of people that are so close-minded that are, you know, unconscious. And those are the people I have to pray for that are leaving their dogs in fields and driving them 20 miles away from their house and just dumping. They're so unconscious that they're in so much pain themselves. And so like kind of like just out to lunch mentally and emotionally. It's like, that's the person we have to pray for. You've said um, the karma that the animal has with you. And I've heard some animal communicators call it like a soul contract. Yes. Do we have that with every animal that comes into our life as like one that stays with us? I've heard soul dog. And I don't know if it, I believe that. Like, do you have just like one soul dog and you never have that one back? Or? Yeah, I think you get one big soul yeah. dog. You'll know it's a soul dog when you have this huge happening like my Frenchie Rosie that I wanted beyond anything more in life in 2007 came in and she really ignited my abilities like she came in to really show me who I really was in the world because I have it I had the oddest and craziest things happen in the wild and um with animals and with her so I really felt she was a soul pet. And those are the ones that will come in during great transition, or I'll have a lot of young moms that'll lose their pet right at the point of them birthing a baby or yeah. during the pregnancy. Or I had a, I had an MD, believe it or not, she came on and I said, you're not, a, you're not going to be a doctor anymore. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And I told her she was going to be an artist and her dog was with her just to get her through till she met somebody. And she said, the day I got engaged, this dog transitioned and she is now a graphic artist. Now, how do, how do I know that? I have no idea, but it's, it's not me doing it. It's really spirit. It's the love. It's, you know, that, that bond that we have with our pets. It's, it's all of that, you know, that these dogs come in and these pets, whether cats, dogs, horses, whatever, they're going to be there during these very poignant times in your life. So you just don't know why an animal is here. You And it's not important for you to know why. It's important for you to have the lifespan of that pet with you. Mm -hmm. Never let an animal go because they're so important and they're so healing for your environment for your life for your for your listeners that have let animals go if you knew better you would do better so don't take this on that you did something wrong 
like my brother, my older brother once said to me, don't feel bad about the past. If you knew better, you would have done better. And that's really the truth. And when just understanding that it is that contract, when you take an animal and you say, I'm going to take care of you. I mean, that's all they have is you that gives them everything. And I just, a lot of moms, I see that happen where it's, um, well, the baby now, or uh, we think he has allergies or, you know, I just don't have time now. And it's like, that's, you don't, the animal isn't yeah. there as a temporary thing. The animals that I have had in my life were my teachers, my healers, and my real family. Mm-hmm. So they karmically helped me in such a way. And that's what they're here to do. It's not about them being fed and taken care of. Yeah, that's a given. They're my children. But it's really about the soul of the person. More importantly, they, it didn't get to finish with you. It just didn't get to finish its job for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. When we have those really important pets in our lives, I've heard so many different takes on reincarnation of animals. I've had some mediums come on and they say that, you know, this cat I have now is actually the same cat I had as when I was young and it was hit by a car and it's back. And then I have other animal communicators that have told me that it doesn't happen within one lifetime. Well, from my perspective, what I've seen is I had a client that wanted her dog back. And I don't know, she said, I said things that I have no recollection of. She <laughs> said, I want him back. I want him back. How will I know? She said, how will I know? And she We've met many times. She's become a good friend. I mean, she's amazing. And I didn't know her from a hole in the wall. She was referred to me. And I told her an electrical event will happen and you'll know it's him. That's what she said. I said, I have no recollection of that. Okay. And she went to the breeder and she was, she had a camera on and she pointed it down towards the dogs. I don't know why she did that for me or her. And she said, Rio, how will I know it's you? And a puppy came running over to her and the lights went out on a a Mormon's ranch in Utah where the lights never go out. They have backup generators. It was a Mormon family. And the Mormon woman now is a believer because she hadn't (laughs) seen anything like that happen. Like, and on the video, the lights all went black. And I wouldn't have believed it. I mean, I seriously wouldn't have believed it. And now this, this woman, I went to a party She's a movie producer and I went to her party and I, I met the dogs and she said, what you don't realize is this dog knew every single trick I taught him before he passed. The dog came in knowing all the tricks. Wow. Or just like she had to just do it once or twice and the dog had the memory. So I don't know. You be yeah. the judge. Is that right? I don't know. I don't like if other mediums say that. That's their belief. Like, who who am I to say? Right. How do we know? When you say you get that and you don't remember saying it, the electrical event, for example, is that like a clear cognizance? Like you just get this knowing and you say what comes to your head? Or are you like an open channel and you don't even realize what you're saying? Or like, how does that mediumship work for you? How does it come? I wish I knew. Okay. I mean, I don't- <laughs> I mean, you're asking questions. I don't even know the answer yeah. to. <laughs> Sorry. I, had an old, I know it's okay. I had an old gentleman, like I can see, feel in here. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're saying, I can see, feel in here. Like I'll know um, somebody's dog died in a seizure 
like he had a seizure and he passed. I, how I know that is my throat closes or it closed the day that it, I did the reading for her. And that's, I just, I just said he had a seizure and she said, yes. Mm-hmm. But like, I talked to this old man once him and his wife, their dog had just died. And I said, he's with his mom. And he was like, oh, no, he's not. That mom is alive. And I went, okay. Like, I just, like, I have to just go on with my reading. I can't stop because I'm self-conscious of a no. And sure enough, he emailed my assistant and he said, you're not going to believe this. Tell Susan, I called the breeder. The mother died an hour before his reading. So I don't know what, what would, I don't know. I don't know what to make of any of this, Stephanie. I love what I do. Yeah. I want it to be wonderful for the person. I don't really interject myself and my opinions into the reading. I just want it to be good for the person I'm reading for. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I mean, your readings are so authentic and really you're just so, um, so quick. It's just so on target. Like I've seen a lot of this done and I've, when you read people, you're just like, right away it just comes it's just it's amazing to watch and it's very it's very cool to see That's too people say it's terrifying yeah. like if I, in retrospect if I look back it could be terrifying if I sat and thought about it yes yeah. <laughs> you know people are asking when am I having my baby when am I moving <laughs> and I don't I'm like huh well okay and I just like breathe and I say it and I don't know I think it's an ability mm-hmm. you know, I think I almost think like it's a gift for me. Sure. I don't know if it's good for you. For me, it's like, oh my God, this is why I always felt like kooky and wacky and nervous. And I never wanted to stay with one job. I'd get so bored after mm-hmm. a year. You know, I had amazing jobs and amazing positions. And then all of a sudden it would peter out after a year. And it wasn't the job that was petering out. I was petering out. I was completely bored. This is like the only thing I've ever done that it's like the gift that keeps giving, you know, I'm not bored. I'm always interested and it's always so beautiful. Yeah. And every message is so different. I mean, you get to learn along with the readings, the ones that you can, you know, take something with you too. That's it. It's there. It feels like every message is different. That's very true. Let me ask you a couple mediumship questions before I let you go, because I do want to be very cognizant of your time that you've been so uh, gracious with. Are there soul groups to your understanding that wait for us on the other side? Because I hear a lot about that. Oh yeah. Like, where does that like start and stop? Like, how do you yeah. know? Okay, this is your group, and now they're going to come back together. And how does? I mean, how do you see that? That's exactly why you don't know. Usually, what happens is, is if you're going to reincarnate the soul group will wait for you if you're not going to come back and you're going to stay in heaven most people reincarnate because they haven't gotten the lesson i don't really want to come back i want to kind of stay in heaven after this but i don't know if i've learned all my lessons by the end of my life hopefully i have but that's part of your the dogs see in your family of origin that dog was probably your father your mother your sister your brother in a past life you all reincarnate together again and exactly who you were to somebody in this life how you treated them and if you were awful you're going to have to repeat that life and come back and feel as if how they felt there's going to be somebody that will come back probably the person you were horrible to 
as the horrible person to give you exactly what you gave them. That's the karma. Because that's what yeah. karma is, yeah. you know, karma is real and it's, it's faster. It's definitely faster. How can someone who's getting a reading stay the most open to messages that may be received? Like you said, some of them are like, no, that's not it. That's not it. You know, what can you recommend to people that maybe will sign up for a reading with you or for a reading with any intuitive that they can just do their best to like get the most out of it? Usually the person really want to hear from, if you're desperate to hear from somebody, it, it does could become a stronghold where you're so locked that you won't get anything, any messages coming in that are really important if you're so stuck on hearing from that one person. And usually what happens, they come in at the end and you really want to hear from them in the beginning. So what I recommend is before reading, talk to your deceased loved ones, your animals in the spirit world that you really want to hear from. Give them the time and date that you're having a reading with me and then let go. And just say, I'll be so happy to hear from you. I don't have to hear from you. Like, give spirit a break. Don't direct control and demands from the world. And definitely be nice to your medium because this is energy work and it's also an art form. And don't have an expectation like, I really wanted to hear from my son at the end of the reading. It's so draining Mm -hmm. um, on the medium. It's so hard on the medium. Um, because we're really just trying to help and the messages come in. And what I had found was, I don't want to say too much about this, but the son really didn't want to talk to his mom. Or had nothing to say that would help her at that moment. Like you just don't know the messages that you're going to need and who they're going to come from. And I believe that, yeah, you have to remain very open. And I've heard that from a lot of them. It's like when you're so stuck on getting this one thing or you want one answer or one person, you're kind of close to everything else. Absolutely. I'm so appreciative of this time with you. I'm so grateful. Oh, I'm so grateful for you. Can we go over where people can find you, your website and where they can book sessions, soul speak and animal readings? Yes. It's SusanAllenMedium.com. And I've got a 25-minute reading and so far still in a 50-minute reading um, at Susan Allen Medium on Instagram. And I have my uh, fan page on Facebook, Susan Allen Medium. And my plan is to try and do some lives again because I get all these emails from people. We miss you. When are you gonna go? <laughs> yes, they're so fun. <laughs> I got out of doing them because I'm so busy with trying to finish my, my book. I don't really want to get on live, but I really know that everybody loved my lives and I get emails all the time. So I'm going to have to get on and do some lives for sure. Okay. Well, SusanAllenMedium.com and also Instagram and Facebook and you have events coming up. For my gallery of eight. So everybody gets a reading on that. I love those. They're intimate. Um, A lot of people like them because they're not paying a full price for reading, but they're getting a reading. Okay. Well, look out at the events page. You've got them all there. If anyone wants to sign up yeah. for these awesome galleries. Sign up for my newsletter because yes. I always I always like to connect monthly with my newsletter. Thank you, honey. This was so wonderful. But you're wonderful. Thank you. Bye, honey.